morning, good noon, good night, whatever time you listen to this, we're back. This is FIA Goes PC, it's episode number 58, and I'm your host, as always, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Ho, I'm here, that's the important thing, and I survived St. Patrick's, we didn't, we didn't mention it last week, we had too much grievance on our mind, so much stuff going wrong in the world, St. Patrick's Day, if you're out there in Boston, you celebrate it harder than any Irish person. I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. If you're in Dublin, if you're around Ireland, there's lots of places in Ireland. Kill Kenny. Kill Carl. Kill the other guy from South Park. Loads of counties. Uh, I, I, I love Ireland. I've been all around it. I haven't been to Northern Ireland yet, but if you're in Belfast, obviously, St. Patrick's. It's just as strong. And if you're around the UK, it's just an excuse to have green beer and go mental. Yes, that's right. They put food coloring in beer. Even here now, yeah, yeah. And if Pete was here, he'd tell you all about it. But he's not, so I'm here, as always, with my producer Winifred Saylor. Hello, and I've never heard of good noon, but there you go. You've never heard of good noon. Good noon. You aren't from the 18th century then, so that's fine. Um, that's how we all and talk about them. And green beer? No, I haven't heard of green that beer. Either. Yeah, dying beer. That's a big thing. They actually dye the. Um, I think Chicago does it because there's a huge Irish right. populace. They dye the uh, river. Or the canals. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I've yeah. heard of that, yeah. They do it with beer, too. It's just food colouring. <laughs> it's just food colouring. It's not mouldy beer. Don't be. Well, beer is mouldy, if you think about it. But we're not going to talk about that. Going to hope that everyone had a good St. Patrick's Day. Check out what St. Patrick's Day is all about. That's the meaning behind it. All of you aren't sober enough to really care about that. But no. <laughs> it's not about leprechauns. That's uh, actually racist uh, if you... Uh, from <laughs> Ireland and everyone makes it about leprechauns it's uh, it's not uh, they're fictional most Irish people know that uh, the, the ones that don't are crazy and they're just as crazy as anyone here that believes in them so there you go that's where we unite and of course I don't believe in racism I believe in ethnic ignorance anyway so we're moving on um that's a big deep thing we had our grievances last time we've just mentioned three of mine in a sentence that's good <laughs> Uh, but we're moving on. It's daylight saving time nearly in the UK. It's very close. It's, it's a good number it. 23. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan's shirt number, my lucky number. It hasn't bode well for Liverpool, but hey-ho. Uh, most of our 23s either get injured or uh, score goals against us. So right, Jamie Carragher, I love you. Uh, but we're going to move on from 23s. Daylight saving. So anyone in America, if you've got friends in England, we're going to be an hour behind the already... X amount of hours are already behind you. It's very confusing. And that was some kind of rhetoric for getting us to work longer. Yeah, if any means ago. Pete would tell you all about it, but he's not here, as I said. Because uh, he's getting all the hours he can before he has less hours to work. So, see? That's clever, what I did. Mm. See? So, no, he's still hunting unicorns. He's still absent. But he will be back soon. i got a feeling. i got a rhythm in my rhythmy bits. My rhythm sections give me <laughs> rhythms. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about something that um, was disturbing recently, and I haven't brought it up. Uh, my PlayStation 4 broke unconventionally. And it's, it's something I'm going to throw out there, because basically Netflix threw out the Witcher series, which is Henry Cavill, a.k.a. Superman. He was now always Superman, and he looks a lot like Henry Cavill. He was in the series. He's a massive fan of the game. Okay, If you guys don't care about the game, it's a huge fantasy novel uh, series written by a very awesome Polish author. 
that a Polish video game company took the title and ran a series of three games before, whilst we're in Japan, Bandai Namco, Japanese company, emerged Japanese company, brought the licensing rights to it. So now, in theory, it's licensed by a Japanese company, which is amazing for Poland. That's, that's a first. No one even talks about that, but kudos to CD Projekt Red. Ace. And Japan for being Acer, if you could argue. You know, giving them extra lime and loads of more money. But you it's like kind of international collaboration. Well, it's distribution. Mm. So distribution license. Uh, I'm guessing it's because their project funding literally goes into the game design and manufacturing, and they couldn't afford to keep distributing. It's a huge cost. So Bandai's doing that for them. Anyway, it's it's a thing. And they released a Switch title of it, which is hugely ambitious. Right. Okay. But The Witcher, very cool game series based on the books. And I had the original first box release. I got it on the day it came out. It's so old now. It's almost in gaming terms, Victorian era. Okay. <laughs> it's that old. And I was playing it quite happily on a disc. Okay. And then there's an update patch that if you install basically throws everything to almost their Game of the Year version, which is high definition, spec'd out for the PlayStation 4's Pro, 4K graphics stuff, right. okay? So it boosts the game. So and it absolutely everything. nuked my internal hard disk. Absolutely destroyed it. Never seen anything so successful at breaking a PlayStation 4. Oh except for the time where I broke an external hard drive by putting boost mode on about 50 downloaded games, which absolutely nuked my PlayStation 4, which it would. I'm telling the people out there this because this is how you break a PlayStation 4 convincingly. I don't like think an anyone idiot. wants to know how to break No, 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 because for... everyone tells you how to fix them. Yeah. <laughs> no one tells you how to break them. Mm -hmm. So if you've got any dads out there who want to really annoy their <laughs> sons or daughters, and throwing a console seems like it's a bit of a stupid... It is a stupid move. You can vent your frustration, throw a console across the room, it'll smash. But that's very... That's like split second of gratification. If you really want to screw them up, you will overboost their graphics and nuke their hard drive on any game. It's really clever. And move. then watch them spend hours trying because to that, figure yeah, out. Yeah, they'll basically be like, dude, what is why is this slowing <laughs> down? Why is this freezing if I just move my pad? Because that's what happened to me. <laughs> it's because your hard drive is completely broken. And then you out. say, well we can fix your hard drive. You've just lost your warranty though if you do that. So over, go, go out there and earn the money and get your new hard drive and all will be fine. And you can do that from either importing it and you can even get a better one. So that's how you really want to do it, guys out there on YouTube that are throwing your PlayStations to screw your kids up. Just break the hard drive by overcramming information. That's what I did. Anyway, so I replaced it and I got the Game of the Year edition because I didn't want to revisit that stupid, idiotic mistake because there is a glitch in that. I think CD Projekt Red have actually glitched the game completely for the first generation release. Mm. Um, it completely nuked mine. So I'm just going to say this out there. Get the Game of the Year version. It's really worth it. It's very good. That's my grievance to start all grievances. I haven't really mentioned it. I went to uh, what I can only call a deep, dark place um, <laughs> to try and 
get over that one. Uh, but there's been a lot more stuff. And we started our grievances last week. We're doing this. We're doing our grievances until we get a guest on. And we will get a guest on. But we're going to keep being... You're just going to sound like a grumpy old man. I like it. And I think many grumpy old people out there, men or women or in between, will all relate. It's good to hate society's stupidity and things in society that are stupid. Seems to be the trend anyway. It, it, well, yeah. Complaining, yeah. Yeah. I mean. But I mean, this is it's my form, so I don't care. Don't give two hoots. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I do care. I care deeply. But anyway, so that was my thing. I'm just telling you all that because I've seen so many videos on YouTube for many years now where a, a dad comes in. It's usually in America. I've got to be honest. There are a few in cases in the UK. The UK ones are never as dramatic. The best one I've ever seen is the rednecks. And hi there. If you're a redneck, you're awesome. You've got a different culture. I know you. I get you. I lived in South Carolina for a wee bit and Texas. So I get, I get the redneck vibe. It's very cool. They'll come in with a sledgehammer and just put it straight through the kid's thing in front of them. What? You know? Oh, yeah, an axe. You get the granddad. And it's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Loads of this. This is about 10 minute clips of guys getting their PlayStations <laughs> or Xbox destroyed and Those PCs. Are very angry parents, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in most cases, most cases, the kid does deserve it for being a punk. Are you okay? sure it's not staged? No. No, because the kid's reaction is... Oh, my gosh. For real. <gasps> Some of them arguably are. I think the English ones could be mm. um, a little bit. I don't know. It's hard to say, but the, the American ones for sure aren't. They're really not. There are, I, think, I think what it is is people just lose it when a kid is becoming completely walled off. Mm -hmm. I think most of it's about chores, like you didn't do the dishes. Like you said, you were going to do the dishes. And then the kid's like, oh, get round to it a bit. And it's like 12 hours later when I've been playing on something stupid. And the dishes are stacking up, right? So it, it's a base training. You know, it, it feels weird. Like, I look at the world in this situation. When I was a kid, I can only say we had a Nintendo back then. Where you could only, like, the first ever Nintendo, the NES. You could only really play it for, like, really three hours tops a day. Because it wasn't, it didn't keep you invested right. in it. I'm sure other people played it for years. It was until the kind of uh, Super Nintendo came out. If you're in Japan, the Super Famicom came out, the 16-bit the equivalent, where that's when it got really addictive. You had like Street Fighter 2, you'd play that with your mates for days on end. Um, amazing, because the, up, the, the graphic update and everything technology was a huge leap. Mm. then that became the N64 you had Goldeneye which is the first first person shooting game with 3D controls and stuff bullet holes in the walls things like that were mind blowing back then and, and that's the thing that's lost because when you start on a platform in this day and age where you've got high grade PC gaming mm -hmm. versus high console gaming that's very very close in quality yeah. you don't know what it was like back then and the only idea that you get is these independent games. And most things I've learned through cousins. Hi, James. Hi, Will. How are you doing? That they go to the indie games because they're cheap. They're cheap. You can't get the AAA licenses all the time, but you want a new challenge, especially James. Loves his indie games. So did Shaq, though. Yeah. You know? And Shaq was telling me about this, that, and the other. To me, I can't go backwards. That, to me, is like when I was around 11. Mm. 
when everything was 8-bit and it was all platformy and it used to drive me mental. Some of those things are like the spectrum and if you're even younger than that, like, sorry, older, but you go back to the six years old mm. and you had a spectrum and you had this load-up games with the crappiest graphics you've ever seen, they're playing stuff like that, okay? They don't have the loading times, but it's just, it's not cool. Like, for them, I guess it's kind of like, Oh, this is cool. It's arcade. It's like Pac-Man or something. Or my <laughs> mates play this, so it's got to be cool, yeah. right? But for me, it's like, dude, I lived that. And even back then, I was just like, what am I doing? Mm. This is nuts. You know, I'm just Maybe like... Maybe it's just not your style of game anyway. No, it's an evolution. Yeah. We all loved Mario. Like, when Mario came, the entire world lit up because you had a soundtrack, you had... There was something really amazing about it. Some games, it's going to sound weird... This is, but some games have a texture you can almost feel it. They're that good. The atmospheres are as good as memories and, and planet Earth kind of thing. They, they just have a very textured realm. Mario had that. It was addictive in all the right ways, right? Pac-Man probably had that before it, you know? But basically, nowadays... I'm a story orientated gamer, really. Mm-hmm. I like I like because that's my job. I've got to you do like the research. Narratives. Well, if you're doing research, you usually tend as an author, a writer, script writer, or even just work or whatever, if you're going for a certain thing in art, even if it's an album that you're writing as a musician, mm-hmm. you go down the alleyways that sort of represent that genre. So you're trying to live in that genre as much as you can because you know you can't go outside walk into a crypt at night and do a vampire story <laughs> just by living research. People used to, by yeah, the way. That's right. how they used to do it. You know, Bram Stoker collected creepy, weird places mm-hmm, to write mm-hmm. his books and stuff. Yeah, like, it, you need that kind of inspiration. Of course, we used to have that through, say, playing Warhammer, board games, um, tabletop games. AD&D was about my time, but it didn't really hit me. Bit too American at the time. We didn't get it until I was too old to play it, really. Yeah, right. But that kind of turn right by pressing or typing in right and open a door by open. The the original Coding. 3D yeah. sort of scrolling pieces of crap picture games. I think we played one of those for yeah. like IT class. Like we did was, too. Yeah. yeah, we did too because technology was incredible, yeah, wasn't it? Right. So um, we played Lemmings yeah. or something. Well, no, that came later, yeah. and that was really amazing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I'm talking about. You had Mario, you mm-hmm. had Lemmings. It's it, that evolution happened. Then worms happened. Yeah. Okay. So parents of people and people over our age group are going to be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" No. Anyway, we had that evolution. Books were the thing as well. Yeah. You'd read a lot of books. Then you'd be a precursor narrative. But when you're writing, books can be your enemy because you suddenly emulate them without knowing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be copying exactly. your Well, that's the thing. Books are authors. specific. And I think that whilst you get that kind of immersion from a book, it's very bad for writing because you can suddenly copy a style. Without knowing it sometimes, Yeah, yeah. You, you, you filter it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it. that's what I'm saying, yeah. okay? I don't know how Tolkien did it and people like him, but that's what makes them legendary they really came up with something all by themselves but even they were reading stuff of the ilk and they were going to the places for research Mm -hmm. and you know going out and maybe thinking about how the woods were like owls and stuff like this you can see it but for me now in this day and age it's more vibrant when you get as much you as you can in research from japan from here from korea even from europe now it's all there. It's amazing. America is obviously the preset destination, but 
The Witcher is special. It's very special as a game because it crosses a lot of narratives. Mm-hmm. Very immersive game. Super detailed. Yeah, the visuals are amazing. Well, it's it's basically it's old games, six seven years. It's basically been ripped off in Red Dead Redemption Two about yeah, several sure. <laughs> times. You know, that's how good it is because Red Dead Redemption Two is amazing. Good enough to inspire. Narrative. Yeah, Westworld and Red Dead Redemption Two, no accident. I think you know, like mm. they're both kind of borrowing from each other a bit. There's no robots yet, Red Dead Redemption Two, but it's only a matter of time, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. You know, Westworld's based on an old idea anyway. It's a uh, Yuri Brenner, I think, Yul Brenner movie back in the day, uh, 1970s, I think. They right. actually had a movie out, and then Yul Brenner, his name is. He was in uh, King and I as well. Very famous guy. He looks kind of like Italian fat mixed with Mark Dacascos. So if you've seen Iron Chef America, the host of that, with Italian fat's hairdo from Crouch and Tiger Hindra, just okay. saying. It's a bit like that. Okay, that's, mm. that's super inaccurate. Um, but basically, you get what I'm saying. Like things are uh, very immersive these days. Got to be to keep you locked into it. Yeah, that's a game that I've already completed twice. Well, I pretty much completed it until my PlayStation Four crashed, and I was doing a new game plus. So this time, I've had to start from scratch again. It's one of the most crippling things you can ever do in your life. But worth it because it's like Red Dead Redemption 2. you got things always happening. There's always a path you haven't taken and then you uncover a whole new plot. Pretty amazing, okay? Well, it's better than losing your Word document or, you know, project oh, and the worst, starting yeah, from the worst, the worst thing, I think, the, the worst for you. And I think that makes you hardened. It almost kills <laughs> yeah, your soul is when you lose your uh, edit. Yeah. If you're film editing and you've got through about or 500 or hours and then your computer decides to blow up or something. Always scripts, save. Your scripts, yeah. Save. Well, you always save and that could be half the problem. Temporary saves can actually <laughs> cripple your yeah. hard drive. Regardless, technology is insane. As much as it's good, it's equally bad, I feel. You know, there's it's a good pro and con list. Why is technology good? Why is technology bad? But I just wanted to share that because there's a lot of people in the console market of all ages and I don't think they understand clearly because Reddits and like IGNs, any information you can get online, it won't specify. It'll be like, maybe your hard drive needs fixing. Yeah. Your hard drive only needs fixing because you nuked it. And then you fix it and then you nuke it again. What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to be in this perpetual loop of fixing hard drives. Just get the PS5, blow that up. It's all the same stuff. So I'm just saying... Computers don't break themselves of any accord. We tend to be the ones breaking it. Tend to be. You can't have a botched job where the solder's not right on the old uh, circuit board. Yeah. And that can be a real big problem. Red ring of death for an Xbox, for example. Mm-hmm. But PCs and stuff like this, it's usually us doing it. I can testify that because I nearly screwed my own new laptop up. Anyway, that's, our, that's my technology grievance. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was trauma. I'm glad I shared it with you. I feel like I've uh, put out my psychosis to the rest of the world and got my therapy. Thanks for listening. Mm. As Kelsey Graham and Fraser would say. Man, that shows how old I am. Yeah, none of the cool kids watch that. They no. barely know what uh, Big Bang Theory is now. Great show, if you've seen it. It it's is also, It's also a really good theory on how we all came to be, isn't it? Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I know. Yeah, but... I know it is. It's literal. It is. Okay. Um, so uh, sitcoms aside, grievances. We've had a few of them. 
we were discussing loosely about how the consumer is now paying extra stuff when it should be the guys employing guys, girls, people. Yes, employing. I hate tipping. Yeah. Every time we go to America, I'm like, ah. Well, I think that's one of the depressing things mm-hmm. about America is that, you know, it's it's so enforced to the point where you are given a guilt trip. Yeah. And it's, uh, I get it. Shall I share my tipping story? I think we've covered it. Like when you were running off a sushi. I'll just recap just in case. Sushi restaurant. Sushi restaurant waitress <laughs> on Hollywood. I was so unhappy with the culinary experience that we left and I did not leave a tip. And First no, time. Yeah. Your first time you ever did it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody does that apparently because the waitress ran out of the restaurant after me and basically quizzed me why I didn't leave a tip. Yeah. So I basically gave her the list of, you know, stuff my that, grievances. Stuff that's not good. And it's, uh, but, uh, that's a good segue because that story, I mean, she was practically like wanting to punch her straight in the face as well. She wasn't crying or nothing. She was just literally like dumbfounded. Yeah. 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 That's the entitlement thing that yeah. I feel like it's throwing everyone out of the loop. If one customer is so important to your paycheck at the end of the day, I suggest you work at 7-Eleven. I just want to give a disclaimer for any, anyone in America who's really angry at me for doing that. It's a cultural thing as well because, you know, back home we don't have that. So I didn't feel like I had to and I didn't know the extremity to, I, you know, the, the reaction. I'm going to I'm gonna re- <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna reiterate it. Uh. I'm going to reiterate it to say what it is. Mm. I wasn't happy. So. There are tips in Why America that matter. There are tips in America that matter because you get a mate, probably the world's best service in some times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to nod out to Lisa, who is in our film. She works at Nobu. And Nobu, as you know, if you're America, probably the second biggest restaurant there is in America. Really um, good food. Wolfgang Puck in California, Nobu, that's it. Okay, and they, They're stateside, everywhere, national now. Heroes as well of their industry. Nobu is worth all of that. Nobu stands up to anything I've ever been to at Top Brass. It's absolutely amazing. Lisa's like job, former job, don't know if she's still there, but she really worked hard. And the job that she did was like, you know, it's a top position. Mm-hmm. The staff there from people who make your lattes, yeah. something that you can throw away to the dumbest guy in a room usually. It's a push a button, you got a latte here. Okay, but in Nobu, it's an art. Right. Every cup's personalized. It's 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 insane. The best restaurants in the world do this. They treat every single person working for them like a specialist. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. And at a place like that, mm-hmm. everyone's given their tip because they deserve it. Yeah. Okay. It is expected. It is cultural. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a tip every night, no matter what. But there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be like 50 bucks plus per person because you are giving them a moment. They'll they'll, they'll take with them forever. It's an experience. Yeah. It's when, you know, like DiCaprio regulates that place. Leonardo DiCaprio is a regular there. To him, it's just McDonald's, I suppose. But to us lot, you know, it's it's the (laughs) once in a lifetime restaurant we get to go to. And I'm just going to throw out to Nobu out there, especially in the one it's uh, Sunset, uh, West Hollywood area one of the best experiences i've ever had you know and that's thanks to lisa for bringing me there and doing that it really was something that makes you have fundamental belief again Mm -hmm. all right but that's what i'm saying you know it's competitively priced 
it is expensive, but it's not as expensive as Ally gets, and it's a lot worse at the back end, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to say, like, when you're running a sushi restaurant, that's a chain, it was a chain, there's more than one place. Yeah. And the food is really bad mm -hmm. in a sushi restaurant. Like, not good at all, okay? Where your staff barely gives a crap that you're there, they're talking and, and having their own conversations, well right? This is service. the kind of stuff that most TV shows, like um, Mystery Diners or whatever, uh, you know, good old Gordon's Kitchen Nightmares, this, yeah. these are what they get shut down for. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to tell anyone in America, and they'll all agree with this as well, if someone simply doesn't deserve a tip, you don't tip, no matter the culture, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, you're not paying for their paycheck. You shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And there's no, if that's true, I'm their employer. Does that mean I get extra liberties? Yeah. yeah. Should I turn around and say, could you do me a song? Is that cool? Mm -hmm. can, you, can you make me smile? Can you go out there and get me a pizza because I don't want sushi? You know, like the whole thing is we don't have that control over them. No. So why should they have that control over us? The point is, again, it's, it's, it's agreements. It is. It's, fair, it's not yeah. cultural. It's, it's not cultural. Okay. It's, it's how it should be. I agree. Okay. Now, this is leaning to that kind of thing of why are we paying so much for other people's inability to do a job? Here's the thing. Trains in the UK. Oh, my God. <laughs> our trains in the UK are one of the most nuts. Basically, our government has made it a routine thing over the last decade to sell off trains. You can have a train, you have a train, you have a train, and they sell them. Because it's good uh, investment, I guess. Every time the companies change, all of the train colors have to change as well, according yep. to the company. New logos. So for a yeah. while, they're just blank, and yeah. it's like you've got a train <laughs> so to weird. nowhere. And on that train of thought, and I'll be back with trains in a minute, Sheldon Cooper, I know you're listening. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about something that is becoming quite a trend, like a trendy train. Yeah. And we're talking, of course, our season sponsor. Uh, well, it's pretty much our series sponsor, forever linked to this podcast. And that is Hobo Bait. You've heard us talk about them. But you need to start going out there and buying some stuff, sharing it with your family, get everyone dressed up wearing some wacky, cool Hobo Bait t-shirts because there ain't nothing like it. There just isn't. You all had novelty stuff before, but you've never had something that's integrated with FIA. Yeah. And we wear all this stuff in season two, so you can just be like us. It's like buying a Batman outfit for Batman. Oh yeah, so it's cosplay in theory. If you uh, if you get anything that is on season two, which is on YouTube right now, uh, yeah, I just had to plug that. You can go and you can get your cosplay attire and be rebels there, or you cosplay anytime you want by going to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. It is part of the Teespring community, based in Hong Kong. Very cool guys. Phase two is coming sometime this year. Keep a lookout for that. There's so much though currently that you can just go mad now. It doesn't matter. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo bait. Go there right now and shop till you drop. So trains. Here's the thing. In America it's gonna sound whack. Okay? It's like having all your metro lines being sold out to McDonald's. McDonald's got the line to San Jose to, I don't know, uh, Sacramento. That's what they got. 
They got that line. And then say Burger King has got the line from downtown LA to, mm, I don't know, let's say Long Beach. All right. And it's basically stupid. I mean, we can talk national American lines, but you all have that integrated system. So does Hong Kong. So does Japan. So does Europe. Blah, blah, blah. We are different because our government was like, oh, we kind of spent our money on something that didn't really work out. What do we need to do? We need to get money. So what we'll do is sell British Rail in pieces to the buyers of anyone. And it's caused absolute conundrums. We've had several companies go out of sync. Loads of them have gone bust. Richard Branson, thank God, bought the inner city trains out, made them yep, virgin, virgin trains. trains. <laughs> I was going to say it would have been well funny if it had made it a virgin Atlantic train because a lot of people here would have been convinced it can go to New York. But I'm just saying, funny. That would have been cool. <laughs> well, we could have the US tunnel, but I do think that we're in tectonic plates might have something to say about mm -hmm. that. But hey-ho, I mean, Titanic was a great film. We should have one about trains, shouldn't we? The train that sank. Yeah. All right. <laughs> tunnel that caved in. Whatever. Euro tunnel. What a crap film that would be. Anyway, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, right, we have different lines and different things. Yeah. Some of them gone bust recently. They're Some flipping. Some of them merged. It is quite weird. Mm, and when you're right. in the UK, one thing I will say, however, stripping that aside, one of the best networks of trains you can get. Roughly follow where the canal lines go. Uh, obviously not on the canal line. That would be counterproductive. Um, you're on a barge trip. Ooh, oh no! Oh, hey, there's a locomotive coming at us about 600 miles an hour. Jeez, that's not a good thing. We are about to put our high-speed train in. Can I just point out to the folks around the world right now, the UK having a high-speed bullet train link that links London to Scotland, to me, stupid as hell, but very, very funny. Because it's almost like we think we're bigger than we are. That's like having Florida having a uh, bullet train from right at the bottom at the tip, okay, right to the top near the, the, the border uh, of Georgia. How stupid would that be? It'd be stupid, okay? It's pretty stupid here. Yes, you can get to Glasgow in 15 seconds, your face melted on the back seat like a Japanese bullet train or a Chinese bullet train, but we already have high-speed trains that are perfectly reasonable at five hours. I know it shaves time off, but it's also going to cause a few sonic boom problems. Just saying, bit stupid. Anyway, uh, that's, that's cost our government billions. Mm -hmm. Maybe, just maybe, coronavirus will pay it all back because when they bring out the vaccination for it, and it will be given to everyone in a Happy Meal at McDonald's, brilliant, <laughs> just saying, um, it won't be in the Happy Meal. That would be a happy meal, wouldn't it? <laughs> You're now immune to the coronavirus because <laughs> we've vaccinated your burger. We haven't injected you. We've given it your burger and you're eating it. Consumption, fine. Perfect. Don't, Don't do that. Don't works, do that. Okay. No one should do that. But I'm just saying that would be a happy meal because you'd be happy You'd be happier knowing that your health is safe. Mm -hmm. Or it might not be because vaccinations can cause issues. But I'm just saying it could be. I don't know. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you can really high value a vaccination. I think there was something in America where they paid you to get vaccinations at Walmart. What? There was a news story I read that Walmart issued a payment in food coupons to people to get a vaccinated with oh. a flu vaccination. I think... Like an incentive. Yeah, I think you could do that, but with toilet roll. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That's why there's no toilet roll on shelves. I got you. 
But I'm just saying, like, going back to trains, yeah. it's it's a crazy thing. The high-speed train, we haven't really talked about it. There is a name for it. It's one of these stupid names, like Big Two or something stupid. I, I don't care. I don't, I don't give it credence because it is a ridiculous notion. We're not big enough. I get it. It's kind of cool. Is it going to be better than our current train system? We don't know. Because they've spent loads of money and it's costing more. It's hemorrhaging money at the moment mm-hmm. because there's a whole debate about it. Yeah. Where the initial price was something along $2 billion. Like anything grand design work, $2 billion was spent in the first 15 seconds of the meeting. Oh, we've put some tracks down. We've spent it all. So they've really not done a lot. The progress is European slow. Yeah. Which anyone who's never been to Europe is so slow. It's siesta, isn't it? It's like doing work about two miles an hour every day. And it's just, it's a big mess. It's a big mess. We've had flooding, mm-hmm. which of course yeah, isn't helping help. anything. Mm-hmm. If you're basically digging through new tunnels, yeah. You, yeah, the rain. And, and that just makes me feel like the eight prices <sighs> just escalated to about 500 it's like more. Every billion. time we take the train it's like five or ten p more every single time well we've got like these ludicrous things have been happening on a train okay so i just wanted to talk about it as value money first thing we've nationalized the trains Mm -hmm. uh then we sold all of the nationalized train uh which was ineffective a better thing because british rail was quite bad to be honest the trains have run fairly efficiently but then companies keep going bust the thing that keeps happening almost yearly is people go on strike for more pay. Oh, yeah. The people doing their jobs on the trains are not always, but I would say on certain local lines, not going to specify which <laughs> lines, the people are quite cretinous. They don't really check the ticket. What do they do? They don't <laughs> check the ticket. Sometimes they yell on you to sort of get on the train, and that's about it. They don't tell you where you are, and if they do, you can't hear them because the tannoy's basically got Coca-Cola in it. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a mess. It's not a good look. In the Olympics of trains, we're last as far as our staff are concerned. Yet these guys are asking for more money. So what you're getting is a rise in ticket prices. Mm -hmm. And again, almost monthly. It goes up by 10p or something. And that's a shocking thing because basically... Why are we paying for really bad service? Why are we paying our tickets? Why are we getting fenced off at spontaneous locations when the kids are jumping on for two or three stations without paying a, a dime? Yeah, that happens too. And the comparison, and this is what is important about this, the comparison between the network we usually take between A and B Compared to anything in Liverpool, which is super professional, the guardrails are up, everyone's staffing, and they're all nice, and they know what they're talking about. They know their local geography. They're all local people. Um, The trains are efficient. Very rarely late, I would state. When you're in uh, Worcester, even, the the trek to Worcester, very professional, nicer trains, got tables. It all smells like clean stuff. Mm. Uh, but our local one that we usually take it's always trash literally <laughs> feels like you you basically a crack then it's the only way i can say it the whole thing's managed by monkeys dude like it's ridiculous there's strikes okay to make me pay for you to go on strike when you're not doing my service anymore is ridiculous here's the other thing that's ridiculous 
they issued a statement that their rails were being stopped at certain stops because they are strength tested train rails at 25 degrees Celsius. 77 degrees Fahrenheit in America. This was in the summer last year. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cap this out. That was the official statement from this certain train line we're talking about. Here, I've got it. Speed restrictions are to be introduced on some rail lines because of the heat, Network Rail has said. In a statement, it said that, quote, In some locations, we may have to introduce speed restrictions during the hottest part of the day at vulnerable locations as slower trains exert lower forces on the track and reduce the likelihood of buckling. But they, they go on to say that they are strength tested at 25, at 25 degrees, degrees. Celsius, which is 77 degrees Fahrenheit, which is basically a day in summer. And if people are stupid, and there are a lot of stupid people out there, no, no offense to you, you're just stupid, you can't help it. But I'm just going to say to you, as someone who was listening in my physics class, um, that's basically the same Metal temperature. Be Metal is a heat conductor, well. which yeah. means if the sun's on it, it's going to be hotter anyway, right? If you're going to get uh, heat radiating on it, it's going to be hotter, exactly. which means there would be a pool of mesh. And we're making them out of what I can only presume is cake. So <laughs> I'm just going to say, like literally going to say this, mm. it's ludicrous. It's really crazy, all right? There are things like that being said in society, officially, through official means, be it news, be it the press, be it local newspapers, whatever. No one's fact-checking that. And we all consume it like... It's garbage, and we all believe it. Our newspapers used to be something that scholars would read whilst they're having, you know, crumpets in the morning, okay? And they would literally have facts in it, like historical facts. This Roman fort has been excavated to what? Really boring, I might add, but it was an academic thing once upon a time. Now, if our academics consider there anything academic about a newspaper you're better off reading a comic book. I think it's got more facts. Going it's, back it's to the ludicrous. trains, aside from the heat, the one thing that really annoyed me when I first got to this country was that delays were happening because leaves were on the track. Oh, we've had everything. We've had, there's a tree. Ridiculous. We had There's a tree on the track. Um, we had uh, a twig on a track, a uh, leaf on a track. Yep. Uh, and they're worried, uh, and this is the thing, they're worried about it derailing the train. Yeah, it says here, as leaves fall on the rails, they can get compacted under the weight of trains and form a slippery layer, which causes trains to lose their grip. Which is not true because how, it how weighs... How doesn't happen no, in any no, other no, no, country? No. It's not true, Wynn, because a, a train weighs how many tons? Yeah. Yeah, physics, the, the frisson is, is just not accurate. I read another article where it's like, oh, it's because of the... No, 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 you can't, you, you can't justify it. You can't justify it. Here's the thing. Weird. In Spain, a train basically might have a bunch of gunk thrown at it, like mm -hmm. milkshakes, stuff like that. There's always something, a uh, homeless guy, whatever, Jeb, he lives on the train track, whatever. There's always something down there, okay? Mm -hmm. They never stop the trains. No. They never stop the trains. In Hong once. Kong, we got typhoons. Yeah, 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 of course, the, yeah. Never, never well. stop the train. The thing about the UK is our trains are so... They're made out of cake. The, the tra train tracks made yeah, out of cake. Yeah, either the trains are really The, the leaves or... are obviously um, so Toxic. acidic that they cut through iron. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, that's what their rhetoric is. Their scientists are really, really cool people. To me, it's like, to me, it's the equivalent. And this is the work ethic of the UK and mm. the train stations are worse. We're paying for morons. And I'll tell you why. 
because this is top brass management. Okay? Basically saying my dog ate my homework. <laughs> That's God. basically what they're saying. <laughs> yep. We didn't come to work today because our job's not worth us. We're better than <sighs> our job. Um, I mean, driving a train is really difficult because of all the handbrake turns and, you know, it's quite a skilled job. I, I'd imagine it really isn't. I think the slowing down timing is a trick. Most of it's automated, I'd imagine. But, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know everything about it. I'm just saying it is the excuse. It's the excuse like I don't want to come to work today because, you know, I was out partying all last night or whatever, you know. Because of St. Patrick's Day. Ah, whatever. Too but much green beer. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the construct of which just, it's one excuse after the other. The consumer is buying these lazy guys out. When we went through Liverpool, when we went through York, and I want to point this out, York is a really, really, if you want the perfect example of what England used to feel like growing up here, the real example of it, York is it. If you want to know nice what place. working class, working people... And real community is like it's Liverpool. Manchester is more like Birmingham. It's grown to be multicultural, mm-hmm. everything around. York, except for Sheffield, that's working class too. But stuff like Leeds, more multicultural. But true accounts of what we're all about, York definitely and Liverpool. Here's the thing. Liverpool, the guy on the train was announcing every stop almost too much, making me nuts because I was trying to have a conversation with Wynn at the time. He kept interrupting. And it, literally, it felt like a running commentary. <laughs> and we're just past the field. Oh, look, it's the field. It's like that. York, however... He was so enthusiastic. Yeah, it, but it was cool to see that, right? And they were doing their job. Yeah. They checked your tickets. They were cool. They were cordial people, great people. That's a, It's basically a nod to the north, mm. okay? When we're in York, same thing. You can understand thing. what they're saying. Yeah. When you're in York, same thing. Yeah. Most of the time, when you get to London, it's all automated. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. There are still people doing it. And it's still more efficient, mm-hmm. you know? But the York line was probably the best train trip I've ever been on. Like, just... It was professional. It was doing what it, it should do. It was making you feel like the money that I've paid, and it ain't cheap. It's like 50-something, 60 a, a return. It's mm-hmm. a lot of money, man. Yeah. That's the equivalent, like, that's ludicrous to an American. It that is, is crazy, yeah. It is. You can get flights for that yeah. in America, you know? Yeah. it's That's, like, the equivalent of, like, 120 bucks. Okay, just throw it out there, roughly. All right? To me, it's ludicrous, okay? So, anyway, just the experience of that, it, this is where we're, we're, we sort of suffer, I suppose, in this area. We've got, like, some of the worst work ethic the world has ever seen in the UK. And um, it's embarrassing, really. It really is. I think if you get to work on a train, it's an amazing job. Mm. You get to travel. Yeah. You get to travel the world if your world is very small and one country dependent. Um, but if you go through the Eurotunnel, France, I mean, that's that's like the Michelin star job right there. Isn't, isn't it just mostly tunnel? Though? It is, yeah. It's very, it's, it's very really boring. Dark. And you have to open a window, otherwise you'll die. Really? Yeah. I've never been on it. Yeah, so. you, apparently you'll run out of oxygen about 30 minutes into your trip. No. Yeah. Really? It's a warning, yeah. And you have to keep the windows open. I think the oh. trays probably have pressure there or aircon or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. But yeah, you have to open windows. Hmm. It's a warning. I haven't done it for many moons. I haven't done it since I was a kid. It'll be the same thing because the distance, you're in a tunnel basically. The density of the air is what it is. Hmm. So if a lot of people want to keep their windows because cars can go on it like yeah. a ferry and you basically just drive onto a platform bumper to bumper and you're locked in 
and as it goes through, you're stuck in a car. Four do you people stay in, a car. in the car, or yeah. do you go in the carriage? You, no, you don't. You don't go off. That would be that would be the equivalent of everyone leaving their car to go on a train to come <laughs> back to their car. Know. That's ludicrous. You stay if you're doing a car route. You stay parked. The carriages are for passengers. Yeah. So people are paying a ticket to just go to France who don't have a car. Well, See what I'm saying? In contrast, like when we took the ferry to like Vancouver Island, we parked and then we could leave. Yeah, yeah, but that's <laughs> a f- that's you can do that on ferries here yeah. as well, and in Ireland and stuff. It's not that's not the point. That's my only reference. The Euro Tunnel is not like a ferry. It goes in the tunnel, through tunnel, massive tunnel, long tunnel. Do you know how long the it passenger? Takes? Well, here's the thing: when for a car, the car joins the train at Dover. Mm. The passengers get on at King's Cross mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, so all the passengers Because you wouldn't, if you don't drive, getting to Dover is a bit of a pain in the backside because <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and it's just yeah. cliffs. There's no local stuff. I think you'd probably get a train somewhere and then a bus down, but even that's sketchy. Tour buses, big coaches, they'll do the same thing platform run through. Right. Okay. But most tour coaches prefer ferries. Mm-hmm. which you'll drive into the ferry and yeah, then it's yeah. basically a shopping mall as a boat. Yeah, right. Right? But then your ferry is a drive on for a short distance mm-hmm. and then it's like a catamaran yeah. group room and it's really remember, run down. I think it was like three hours. Yeah, there's loads of stuff like that around Europe as well. But yeah, no, this is the tunnel. Cool. So that would be your Michelin star job, even though it's a crap view for most of it. You get to go to a different country. Yeah? Yeah. But um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think respect the job because it, it... And I'll tell you one thing that's disturbing. Local train, our line, that we're always talking about, it's a local train. It's not there for your, your top brass piece. It's a communal train, really. It's just to get from A to B to get to work from a town to a city. That's it, okay? Yeah. So the expectation is low. It's no frills. It's your flyby. They've gone bankrupt. <laughs> It, it's your, uh, I don't know, EasyJet, okay? It's your mm-hmm. Ryanair of trains. Fine, not a big deal. The Yorkshire one opened my eyes to how much abuse the staff get. Yeah. They're doing their job. And this is one of these weird things about humanity. You do your job right, and absolutely everyone annihilates you. You're crap at your job, no one talks to you. Mm. Yeah. What's up with that? It's weird. And, and, you know, this dude that was on the Yorkshire line that I was on, if he's listening by any fluke or chance, he might one day come across this. But he was so good. Very patient guy. And um, So he was checking tickets? Yeah. Well, what you were having as a problem is there's a lot of people kept bouncing to York, having a holiday, and then they packed up like they're going to Jamaica for 12 years. <laughs> they got like 25 bags, you know massive suitcases for a train and they're all complaining that this staff member who they consider to be the boss of everything he's just a guy that's basically checking your ticket Mm -hmm. fundamentally making sure you're okay and asking if you want a coffee which is nice right because it's a virgin train everyone's like oh why isn't it big enough to have six bags here like where do you think i'm going to put this bag and they'll stash it on seats and stuff that mm. people are paying for, and it becomes a complete mess. I'm just going to say this. You don't treat a train like a plane. It's not the same thing. It doesn't have a carriage for freaking bags. It's ridiculous. If you want to take advantage of the situation, sit in the toilet the whole trip. 
okay? Deal with other people complaining that you're a cretin, but you can have 24 <laughs> suitcases, a camel, and a shed in there. Who cares? Those bathrooms are massive. They are pretty big, yeah. but they are gross. They are gross. I mean, they make airline bathrooms look like airline Michelin star restaurants or five-star restaurant uh, hotels, I should say, not restaurants, yeah. Anyway, so grievances, this is basically a train dilemma. Um, I just wanted to say that we've been taking a lot of trains. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just going to end the grievance by saying the good news is it really is a good way to travel here. It's if the you, best if, way to if travel you come here, to the UK and you're thinking, hmm, I should get a car, yeah. you'll miss a lot. Cause, and you're driving through field after field. It gets yeah. quite intense for people who are driving here first time, you know, or mm -hmm. even if you're local here, it gets intense. Get on the train, man. It's so much fun in a sense. You can have a McDonald's. You can take whatever you want on the train. Yeah. Just as long as it's not 65 bags. Because, <laughs> come on, get real. Get your little backpack, you know. And from town to town, if you need new underwear or something like that, just get new underwear and keep it at the, the bottom of the The connections are really bag, whatever. good here compared to L.A. where I, I always complain it doesn't well, go anywhere. It's, <laughs> the station. I think a lot of people don't understand this about the U.K. being outside of the U.K. Yeah. But the U.K. is, and I always say this as a reference, it's the same size as Florida. Mm. And yet it's a country. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's actually three countries merged. Northern Ireland still connected to Main Ireland, right? That's a political thing, territory. But Scotland, Wales, England, all the same country, landmass. Yeah. Okay. We are connected 100% by train and by canals. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And Florida, to have the infrastructure of our train sort of network, would need a lot more going on. We right. need to amp up 600 more towns, probably a couple more cities. You know, have a, have a different Floridan kind of culture in the east to what it has in the north. Massively different accents. Some of them play bagpipes. You know, a lot of them like sheep. Whatever. You know, it's going to do that. accent is amazing it. considering how small this country the is. The other thing people don't understand about the UK is how many islands we got. Got a lot of islands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many yeah, little yeah. islands. Islands that don't really matter. Islands that do matter. Islands that have weird names. Because when I buy yep. fish, it says Isle of something. And yep. I've never heard of it. We've got a lot of them. Yeah. And a lot of them are classically would try to be fought off by the French as well. But, you know, Henry Cavill, I mentioned him earlier. Superman. It's a Superman that mm. plays Henry Cavill occasionally. <laughs> um, also, Geralt the Witcher. Very good series. If anyone wants to watch on Netflix, it's pretty cool. It's different. It's pretty cool. It doesn't really emulate the games. It emulates more of the novels, but right. still pretty damn good. And the games actually reference the storyline, so it's pretty cool. But Henry Cavill, great job, because it's not an easy job. Mm -hmm. It's such a famous role. He's actually from one of the islands. Oh. He's not actually from the mainland. I believe it's Jersey he's from. Mm. Could be man, it could be white, it could be someone else, but I think it's Jersey. Anyone can check on IMDb. They can comment. They won't. They, no. they should, but they don't. No. Fact Please comment. You want. Please comment. You should <laughs> totally comment. Drop comments. Um, we're going to wrap this up. We've we've just we've had a train of thought this week. I think you. Uh, <laughs> train I think, of yeah, yeah. I think you Many say. trains of thought. Yeah, actually. we'll hopefully have less grievances, but you never know. Uh, come next week, we will constantly uh, give you a week wrap up. Hopefully, we've offered a bit of culture about the UK that you didn't know. Mm. If you're listening out there in uh, in in the world, and you want to come here, understand 
you might actually think the trains are brilliant when they're at the worst. Mm. It, it depends what you've got out there because I know trains in LA are a bit crazy. <laughs> well, like the metro is always pointless mm. so far. I mean, they could make that like the the link. I mean, from Union Station down to Hollywood, for example, that's weird. Okay, for anyone who's from Europe, it's a little bit like really you're playing trains now. You know, it's interesting. It's a culture in itself. But it's almost, that almost feels like Hong Kong fully automated. There is a driver somewhere, but you never really see him. Mm. The UK train network is epic. It's literally like it's worth it. And it's made famous by Harry Potter. And at some points, especially in Wales, it starts flying and going through all the valleys and hunting dragons and stuff. It's amazing. Bring your 3D glasses. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine? What a great gimmick for a train service. Getting boring. Well, you didn't expect the dragon, did you? You know, I mean, that's a good one. Um, but yes, it's uh, the best trains you can get in America that I've been on are the ones at Universal Studios where Jaws comes out and tries to eat you. Very good. Different Very kind good. of train that one. Yeah, I was I was pretty good because I was I thought I was going to New York, but it didn't get that far. <laughs> Just put me in a goddamn tank with a shark, some fireworks, and some. Stupid idiot at the front on a tannoy telling me all the history about grass. I don't know. Whatever. The Walking Dead thing looks cool. I'll be honest. Mm. They do a thing at Halloween, Walking Dead, and they take on a pseudo bus train thing. Right. Around this, and zombies try and, you know, eat you. Which happens every day if you're in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> Everyone who's in LA right now will know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're from New York, I'm sure you can relate. But on that note, thanks America for listening. Thank you Europe for listening. Thank you South America for listening. Thank you Asia, especially you guys in Hong Kong. Hopefully your train issues are resolved as we're talking. You you actually don't notice out there, but you actually probably had the best efficient, probably most genius train lines I've ever witnessed to your credit. And as much as you might hate the MTR and corporate whatever, and you believe the rhetoric and that everyone's bad or villain or whatever, I mean, you pay for what you get, man. And you had the world's best train service I've ever seen. And yet, you know, you, you know, whatever inclination you have to blow that stuff up and smash it to pieces is, is your own. I would just say you've ruined it doing that, but there's a reason, I guess. On that note, if you are listening to Hong Kong, come to England, try our trains. <laughs> a lot different. You're going to be blown away by how medieval it is. Uh, there's only a tap card in London. London. Um, the rest of us, not so much. I think they have them, but they're not nationwide because we've got no. different lines. Just come for the experience. It's basically kind of whimsical, I think you could say. Um, our rush hour, you still get to sit. That's the funniest thing. Our rush hour in our local line gets as bad as three people standing in the aisle and everyone shifting to the doors. And well, that's about it. It does get quite bad, but only for like a few stops. Compared, to, compared to Japan or Hong Kong no, here, yeah, nothing. No. <laughs> so anyway, um, and even America, to be honest. But on that note, you guys stay safe. We'll be back next week. That is it for me. Hope you enjoyed it. I head over to win for the wrap-up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. 
Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.